everybody, welcome to this week's bonus podcast and we have got another interview for you today. Have we not, Gemma? We do indeed. The woman of the moment. Millie Gibson. That's right. Very exciting. That is our Kelly on Coronation Street. Gone. Gone but not forgotten. It's really sad. I, I, I never thought when we were meeting her back in March and we said, oh, you need to come on the podcast for a chat sometime. I didn't even think that, well. It would be her finale. It would be her, yeah, her, yeah but, but did she know back then that she was leaving? I wouldn't expect that she, um, I mean, yes, yeah, she probably did. Well, you can find out by listening to it in the interview. That's a trick. You'll find out about that. You'll find out about what it was like being Kelly. You get to find out about all the stuff that she did, or people that she worked with. Oh no! This is a great interview. Millie Gibson is the loveliest, loveliest person. She is wonderful. She's so friendly and and nice. And um, I had a lovely old, old time chatting with her recently about all her time on Coronation Street. Well, so. I don't want people to wait any longer to listen to this amazing goodness. So, shall we just get on with it? Yes. Here it is. My interview with Millie Gibson. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by the wonderful Millie Gibson, the actress behind the sadly departed Kelly Nealon. Now, recently, we've seen our Kelly do a runner from Weatherfield after four years of troublemaking, including spreading videos of Asher undressing, being the instigator of an attack that left Seb Franklin dead, and nearly getting her foster dad and fiancé killed all in one week. Just the standard few years in the life of a Corrie Rungan, really. Millie, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so happy to get you on here at last. Oh, I know, and what an introduction! Wow. Yeah, you, you've had quite. You got fit quite a lot in these past few years, haven't you? I have. You're not really a young good. madam. <laughs> but it, it, I'm, I'm happy in a way that we're getting to talk about it because when, when we met back in March, we said we needed to get you on the podcast, but also a bit sad because you're gone. I know. Who would have thought, eh? Back in March, the, the next time we'd speak on the podcast would be my ending. <laughs> but yeah, it's been crazy. It has. Well, congratulations on such a brilliant four-year stint on Corrie. Because, I mean, it takes a special kind of performer, I think, to make such a big impact when you've only had, what, just over 200 episodes, I reckon? So, so yeah, well done at first for all the well-deserved praise you've been getting. Thank you so, so much. It was so weird because on my last day, um, they told me that I'd came in for three episodes and stayed for 207, so... <laughs> 207 <laughs> one. <laughs> what, what's it been like to, like, you know, shoot to stardom like this and getting so much recognition for your work? Oh, it's been a completely different, like, world. I mean, I've been so lucky to be given the storylines that Corey provided and trusted me with. And like you said, it's all been very hard-hitting stuff. So, mm. I mean, it's all been amazing, though. Yeah. Very, very grateful. Do, do people prepare you for being thrust into the public eye? Like, I mean, Corey, coming on to Corey's a bit of a big gig, isn't it? Did you, did, were you, <laughs> did you were prepared? Well, I came on in, uh, when I was 14, and um, my first two years were quite mild compared to the last two years. Yeah, the that's true. Been quite more in the public eye and articles, you know, getting paps, and that was just a completely different world to me. Mm. But um, when it all started happening, obviously Tanisha's on the show as well. There's other young people on the show you can talk to and say, "Hey, how are you doing?" All this yeah. stuff and like the social media pressures. But um, you all sort of figure it out together. I mean, it's like any industry, but yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> so why why did you decide that now the time was right to leave the show? I just sort of thought this is obviously the most incredible job 
that you could ever think of getting it, especially at my age. Mm. Um, but when you get to a point that I feel like I got the most out of it, I think the most out of the character, I had, I'd explored so much of Kelly and I just thought, whilst I'm so young, I might go yeah. and see what the rest of the world has to offer. But <laughs> it, it was a hard decision for sure. Yeah, what what did your uh, friends and family think when you were telling them about you were thinking of leaving? Oh, they thought it was crazy. They <laughs> 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 were like, why on earth? It's such a, like, a secure position. And I was like, of course, but that's what the thing is. I don't need to be secure at the minute. I need to, you know spread my wings and see what could happen and nothing could but I would have regretted it if I hadn't tried so I'm gonna try <laughs> yeah yeah were you nervous about telling the producer at Coronation Street because I mean Kelly Nealon was the is, is one of the biggest characters at the moment isn't she I know was. I know what like careful of I wanted to give them enough time for them not to be like freaking out thinking oh my god what we're gonna do yeah um but I, so I, I left it enough time but because they're all so nice and so supportive it was sort of like it was a bittersweet reaction so it was like you know what we completely understand but we're gonna miss the character and you as well so they were super super lovely yeah and, and is that the same with all your kind of cory mates on the show yeah yeah i mean the first few people i told were the people i was obviously working with because it would affect them and the storylines of the future so i told mikey mm-hmm. and um as Mikey is, he was just like, you know what? I don't, I don't blame you. You got to do what you got to do, and I'm so happy for you. And everyone was, everyone was just so understanding and delightful, and they just wanted to savor every moment till I left. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, how how far back are we talking here? When when did you kind of start to tell everybody? Oh, I think I want to leave. Oh my gosh! So it was about January. Mm. So it's been a while and um, I didn't know what they were going to do for my ending. Uh, me and Mikey sort of guessed it might have been something to do with my dad because imagine if I left and no, we still wouldn't yeah. know. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been weird yeah. seeing it all unfold. Yeah, well that's interesting you say January because that means that when we did meet up back in back in March, you knew, <laughs> didn't you? You had to, you had to keep that. And we were all talking about Charlie leaving at the same time. But the thing is, when I, I told Charlie that I was planning on leaving before he even told me, so oh, really? I was like, hang on, you're going now. <laughs> it was just such a sudden thing for everyone to decide, but yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, like Charlie, you had a pretty big departure, didn't you? I mean, some Coronation Street characters, well, in any soap really, can, you know, go in the back of a taxi if you like, but like, I mean, Charlie <laughs> got smashed up in that car accident. You've had obviously that massive week last week. Is this the kind of exit that you hope for? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I didn't know what to expect. I, I thought originally it was going to be a Christmas exit, but as in the writers started, you know, preparing for it and drafting for it, they thought, okay, let's do it in Super Soap Week. So I was like, right, okay, wow. So I, I, I was beyond happy. Yeah, I was really lucky. Yeah. I mean, when when was it that you first heard what kind of form your final scenes would be taking? You know, that it would be tied up with the story with Gary killing Rick, the rooftop stuff. When When did those ideas start to be put to you? I think it was about April or yeah maybe April because I remember them um, telling me about my new romance with Adam Hussein's character Addie yeah so I was like right okay that's gonna (laughs) gear on didn't it but yeah so that was about April I found out all my exit yeah and and what did you think when you heard about the fact that they were really putting pulling out all the stops for you oh my gosh I was I I remember it so vividly I was sat on my 
I was at my auntie's house and I was sat on her furniture floor, on her furniture floor, on her living room floor, yeah. and I just sort of jaw dropping at every single sentence he said. Like, you can't. <laughs> kind of just really spoke about it really casually like yeah then Addy gets shot and then um, and I was like we're going back a bit but yeah it was crazy it was really cool and then you had this big volume wall didn't you for the for all the nighttime scenes on top of the roof yes oh my gosh that was incredible the first day I went on it it was honestly I felt like I was you know in Hollywood which wasn't but it it was just the craziest thing and the whole crew the cast the director everyone that came apart to that set it was just we couldn't have done it without each other it was just incredible I mean I I have to admit before before I heard Corey was hiring this massive piece of equipment I'd never even heard (laughs) of a volume wall before I've done a bit of reading up about it but for for the listeners (laughs) at for the listeners who maybe aren't up to date with it, or you know, you might be someone who's seen it. Can you can you explain what it is and how it differs to like traditional green screen stuff? Yeah, it, it, that's what it, it's a more advanced green screen. So instead of you just seeing a green wall, it's the actual digital thing. That you, so we saw like the building, we saw the um, what we were stood on, what was behind us, and they'd basically digitalized everything that was actually on top of that mill. Um, because obviously when Kelly's at the bottom of the building and Kieran's saying, look, you're going to go up there, um, we were actually on that set. So I think they'd gone up and seen what the whole mill looked like and digitalised it onto this screen, basically. So it it really helped us know what was behind us and what was around us so we could react instead of just a green wall. (laughs) And and am I right in thinking that as the camera moved, then that automatically changed the picture that was on the screen as well? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that, so was, clever. that was crazy. I remember first seeing that and thought, bloody hell, that's helped us out a lot. But what was interesting was the days became very like long because we only could fit in a certain amount of scenes because the amount of time the turnaround took. Mm. So usually, um, you'll know this when you came to visit Corrie, but they just, when they want to turn around, they turn the camera around. Yeah. And then on the green screen, they had to turn everything else around but the camera. So like the whole set. <laughs> They had to turn us around the positions. They had to mirror everything that they'd just done. So that took a while. But, yeah, um, yeah it was it was really, really incredible stuff to work on. Yeah, did you, as you were performing against it, were you able to kind of, kind of switch your brain off that it, it was there and, and concentrate on the performance? Because I, I feel like I'd be constantly thinking, oh, what's this oh, behind me? You know what? It, it was really hard. When I was on the edge of the cliff, it was like a step until I was back on the floor so it was really hard to react to um, and, and there was a part of me where I was like do I even look like I'm hanging off the edge of the cliff here because like I feel like if I actually did it which I'm so thankful they didn't make me hang off the edge of an actual roof <laughs> but I think I was thinking to myself what would I actually like my knees would be trembling like I had the wind machine that was fine but yeah it was really hard to get myself into that headspace it was hard mm. but other than that I'm very grateful for it and were you able to see like a preview of what it looked like like on on screen could could you go and have a look on a monitor and so you could see well this is how it looks there were about three monitors around because it was quite a big space where the actual stage was Um, and there was three monitors on the side so every time they said caught if I had chance (laughs) I was in these massive chance I just hop off and run over to it just to see yeah, yeah. Do you think that it's something that Coronation Street would be interested in using again? Have you heard any talk about that? I think so. I think now they're used to it, they would. But the first few days, I mean, Dave Beach and the director, I don't know how he did it. He's honestly hmm. a genius. Um, but now I think we're used to it. 
they'd probably try it again. But yeah, I mean, it turned out great. I was really happy with it. So yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I like the idea of it, but I also really think it's important for soaps to try and get out into the real world as well when they can. You, you've got to really balance up, like, what, what's the pros and cons of doing it with the volume wall now, don't you? Because yeah, getting yeah, out yeah. there and into the into the elements or whatever, I think, is still quite important. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely understand what you mean. I think it was because they did all of that last year. They, I mean, yeah. I'm so lucky. Like Sally Ann in a in a, in a <laughs> drought sinkhole. <laughs> But that that was epic, wasn't it? Because that was all you know, practical effects with the sewers being raised up and lowered down into the water and all that. Oh my, I don't know how they did it. They all must have been freezing. I remember all the horror stories afterwards, but yeah, so mine was much more glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me wonder about, you know, the, the, the costs of the two of them, like, because I know the volume will cost loads and that would cost loads. So it's, it's there's so much to weigh up when you're, when, I suppose, going into the future. I wish we knew that. We'll have to sneak an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to your final episode then, I think one of the biggest shocks was, for some people, was Ardy taking the bullet for Kelly and ending up in hospital. And I, seeing the romance blossom between the two characters has been really, really heartwarming and has been pretty popular with fans Aww. as well, actually, hasn't it? I mean, why is it that you think the Ardy and Kelly partnership has worked so well and, and you know made, made everybody love it so quickly? It was, I'm so glad you said that because there lovely. was a part where I was like, how are we going to make the audience, you know, hold on to this so soon and be so invested when mm. it's escalated so quickly. But I think what made it so lovable was the juxtaposition between Addie being sort of this really sane, gentle <laughs> soul, her a fly, and then it's Kelly, the total opposite. So it's kind of like an angel-devil sort of relationship and yeah. the whole opposite type of love um i think it was just we really I, every time i watched our episodes it really displays young love and just how irrational and how you know they want to do everything in spur of the moment and that's what Addie liked too about kelly yeah. um and yeah i just loved the way um, we worked together it was great yeah so what you said that's what kelly like um Ardy liked about kelly what do you think that kelly liked about Ardy so much I think just because she's always had such a bad experience with men, and she even says in the last scene she's taught her that there are actually some good ones out there. Mm. Just how good he is and his good morals, and like I said, he, he would—he's he, the kindest souls of nature. Mm. I don't think he'd hurt anyone. And yeah, I think she was just really surprised why he had to have that sort of company. Yeah, somebody to keep her on the straight and narrow. For a couple of weeks. <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of um, Seb and Nina last year because that was another really quick romance, wasn't it? The blossoms before you know what happened there. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> that was very heartbreaking. So so what what was Adam Hussein like to work with? Oh, amazing. Honestly, Ad Adam works every actor works in a different way and Adam's way of working is just so helpful like you take your time with him he's really understanding if you if you forget your lines or something and he's just really patient and it was really great because after covid we were kind of both a bit stiff with like you know touching each other like a couple would do mm. so we were both really like patient with how we worked around that with the lines etc but yeah it was really really fun yeah i suppose that's another contrast with the seb and nina stuff as well wasn't it because i mean molly and, and harry couldn't 
kiss and hug and everything while all that was going on because of COVID. I know. <laughs> Apart from in a flashback scene when they finally <laughs> finally had a kiss. Oh, I know, I know. Honestly, if it, talking about those episodes literally fills me up because yeah. they have such a special place in my heart. Yeah, they were lovely, and and I I, I have I, I've liked um, Adam Hussein's version of Ardy ever since he they gave him the part because I can't remember how long he's been on it now did you he's he came in after you didn't he it was you know what when but so I did a few episodes with Mikey and that was when I first came in going where's my dad yeah in your your Oak Hill uniform yeah yeah and then obviously um a few I think it was a few months that passed and then I came in for the ashes nudes being leaked and that's when Adam came in so it sort of felt like we came in at the same time yeah and he's gone down really really well with the viewers as well hasn't he everybody loves Ardy everyone loves him when when he got shot everyone was just yeah it was it was really sad did you expect Ardy to get shot well I did because that's one of the things that when I came to the set last month I saw um I saw the follow-up scenes with my and Samia so I but but the the, the difference for for me and Gemma when we saw that was we'd heard that Addy had been shot but we didn't know the context of it so we were trying to piece together from bits of dialogue that 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 Gary and Maria were having like what's gone on here then yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and even then they were talking about an engagement party and I was thinking whose engagement party could that be? Is it Jenny and Leo, maybe? Is it someone else? I never would have thought that it would actually be yours because of how quick the the relationship came. I would, honestly. It was so fun. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you think that Ardy's going to cope now that Kelly's abandoned him? I I don't know anything, so this is actually me just, um, Just you know, having a little theory. But I I don't know whether his good morals are going to actually get washed out because, like, he sort of had this similar experience after the car crash and being, Mm. you know, distraught from the way his dad took over Asher, saved Asher instead of Addy and then he started to spiral then so I'm not sure if he's really gonna down spiral this time and I don't know maybe he might turn into a bit of a Kelly <laughs> maybe you'll just have to wait and see where he's he seems like he seems pretty miffed at the moment I have to say from uh, from recent episodes I know, what that I've seen. <laughs> takes a bullet for a girl and he's still not good enough <laughs> I know <laughs> well the other thing that I've loved about you um having this relationship or Kelly having the relationship with Ardy is it's mean it's given you some scenes alongside Corey legend Jimmy Harkishin as well. I mean, isn't oh he brilliant? Gosh. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Tell, tell me all, what's it like working with, with a big man, Jimmy, double O dev? Oh, well, I literally remember corpsing, the, the most I've ever corpsed with a scene and it's always been with Jimmy. Mm. He li- I, li- I, ca- I can't, I can't stop laughing every line <laughs> he says because he says it all in the li- read through, and you're like, right, okay, right, okay. And then they do action, and and he does something completely different, <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, Jimmy, don't, I can't do this today. Yeah. But it's just so good. It's so fun working with him. He's the loveliest man ever. But when he when he needs to do serious, he can do that as well, can't he? Because we saw him filming one scene that was just on a recent episode, and um, with, with him and Gary. <laughs> And yeah, he, he can be a bit scary when he when he needs to oh, be. Oh yeah, he, he, when when Dev's got to concentrate, he'll bloody do it. Yeah, he's really really good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's such a weird dynamic between when Dev's being all funny and you know classic Dev, and then when he's serious. But it's just that's the beauty of an actor, really. Yeah, isn't it? he's awesome. I think he's amazing. And he's great. <laughs> speaking of dads, you also. And this was unexpected for me. You got a chance to film some film some scenes with your curry dad, Rick Nealon, played by Greg Wood. So, what did you think about that? Bringing him back to star alongside you from Beyond the Grave. Oh, honestly, that 
was crazy. And I, I remember we had our fir- so our first day together. Last time I saw him was my first day together. Mm. My first day on set was when we did um, we did a little mini photo shoot for Rich Nealon's desk to dress oh, in yeah. the um, Shark Clone yeah, yeah, yeah. office. So and that was his. And I was like, oh, how's it going? He was like, yeah, I'm getting killed off um, in a few <laughs> days. And I was like, oh right, well I'm starting a few days. And then you know, four years pass and we see each other again. But it was even weird checking the monitor and seeing our faces together because that's yeah. never ever happened. No, that's and interesting. Talk about him for years. <laughs> you have, and that was interesting what you said about the photo on his desk because I just imagined they'd like photoshop the two of you together or something. I didn't realise you'd actually kind of met up no, for that. No, no. That was my first experience at Corey coming in just to have a photo with Greg Wards. It was great. How funny. Well, Gary's been keeping this secret about killing him for years now and still only a small handful of characters know. Do you I mean, do you think he's ever going to properly get found out and tried for what he's done or is he just kind of escaping it? I genuinely think, because of my line where I say, so I guess in some messed up way we're even, I genuinely think that's it now. I don't think it will ever get brought up again. I'm kind of on the same uh, same, uh, thinking and thought as you there, because since 2019 when it happened, I've been thinking, no, come on, Gary, you've got to get caught for this. You've got to get caught out. But yeah, that line (laughs) that you delivered did kind of click something in my head and go, you know what? He he suffered quite a lot himself. And it was self-defence. Exactly, and through the years, I think you've seen his redemption arc, and that's why everyone's sort of forgotten about it because he's just he's you know he's he's Gary Windass now. He's not their killing murderer. He's you know nice father, funny character, and like loving Manta Maria. So I think he's really redeemed himself, yeah. and that's why he sees so much of himself in Kelly when she redeems herself as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is also the issue of the fact that he was responsible for dropping the factory roof on Paul Rana. And uh, back I in the day as well, I think he's definitely. Well, you know, that, I don't. I mean, Imran's obviously not round to to to, to exactly. find that. But they're still like Imran's mum. But I I yeah. think he's got away with it. The lucky swine. Me too. Honestly, but, I think that's that's it with now. Mm, but he is he's a bit of a charmer, isn't he? Like Mikey himself. When I I had a chat with him <laughs> when we came up, and he's he's a very nice guy. So I'm not wouldn't be surprised if Gary can schmooze his way out exactly. of it. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's too like charismatic to get kids. I know. Up now. <laughs> um, when we, going back to what we were saying about Rick, when I was watching those episodes, the main message that I kind of got from him was that he was telling Kelly, "You're a Neelan, You always will be." So, can you imagine yeah. Kelly going off somewhere? Is, is the idea that she's going to be starting off again with a new identity, maybe? I think so, because um, I keep repeating lines here, but what, the most heartbreaking thing I read when I got my scr- last scripts through is when I say, um, I don't want to be Kelly Nealon, I don't want to be Kelly anyone, I just want to be Kelly. So I think she's going off to find herself without any distractions, without anyone from a past bumping into her on the street saying, oh, you're horrible. So I think she just needs her own space and like I said find her own identity really yeah. without a dad following her around yeah I wonder whether like you know in the future whether Kelly's gonna be living somewhere else she'll have changed her name and everything and then you get a character on Coronation Street referencing this name and then it turns out it's Kelly Nealon with a different name oh, it could happen oh, I'll send it in I'll send yeah, it in really good. do you think you ever would come back in the future because they've not closed the door on you have they no, and I'm so grateful for that, honestly, because it's a brutal, brutal street. <laughs> I mm. feel like anyone could killed off. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I, 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 I'm just going to see how things go, but I literally, 
I, I don't know. I love Kelly to bits, so I think there is a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was it always made clear to you early on that you wouldn't get killed off? Um, not necessarily. Oh. Like, I, when I first told them um, I was going, I thought to myself, they're going to kill me off, they're going to kill me off. And then it wasn't until that storyline shot where I realised I wasn't going to be. And sometimes people don't even have that. Sometimes they just read it in the scripts and they're like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of killing people off can we just talk a little bit about the the seb storyline i know i know that it's uh makes you sad oh. to think about it but um do, <laughs> do, do you think that kelly was punished enough for her involvement in that because we always have a joke on the podcast about the fact like no no she was she needs to have that book thrown at her do you, but do you think that she it, she's even i guess there i'm biased because I, I feel like i mean it's such a cliche thing to say but she is a part of me so mm. I, I think she suffered so much which she deserved but I think she has redeemed herself enough to not suffer anymore from that case I think Corey should suffer a lot more but yeah yeah he's like... just yeah he's just been dragged off he's a, let's just imagine he's really suffering in prison at the moment yeah, let's, we? Let's just, yeah. <laughs> so Coronation Street's just all about suffering for some character isn't it you, you've been suffering, he's suffering, Gary's suffering, poor Abby is suffering. Abby's suffering. A- Abby as well, you killed our son. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Georgia Taylor, Toy is suffering. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, Toya as well. Yeah. well. You struck up quite a bond with Georgia, didn't you, when she was being your foster mum? Yeah, no, oh my gosh, I love Georgia to pieces. Um, But yeah, it was so lovely that we finally got a nice scene together to sort our characters out. Even though we didn't really get a goodbye, we sort of got a, right, let's be even let's be fine yeah. so that was really that was nice you got a final scene and um and also there's obviously your, your birth mum laura as well did you what came did you did she decide that she was leaving before you did because you know these all happen at different times did you all talk together about we're gonna leave at some point this year oh uh, yeah it was sort of like it what it did now you said it, it does all sort of feel like we've all got together at a table and said let's all leave. I, I think Kelly's cursed. I'm gonna start worrying about you know Gary, Maria, and Toya. Every everyone you touch <laughs> leaves the program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I I didn't know Kel was leaving um, until um, we we all found out. But yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it did all come round very suddenly. That's why we always make a joke saying that um, George is, is just the only one left out of that dysfunctional family. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Well, she, she's got Spider to look after her now, though, hasn't she? Has Toya. I know, I know, she's moved on. <laughs> <laughs> just before we finish, I'd be interested to know, um, before you started on Coronation Street, did you did you watch the programme much? Were you, were you a fan? Or was I, it I going to something new? I feel like there's a period when you, you're, like, before starting... High secondary school, you mm. watch it mm. and catch on a bit more, and then it's until after sort of the school life you watch it again. But yeah, I did used to watch it with my mom. Yeah, so it must was it pretty daunting stepping out and, and seeing these characters that you'd known and stuff, or did you just oh, love yeah. it? Yeah, especially Mikey because he, Gary Windass is the iconic character in mm. in what well when I watched it in my day it still is but yeah yeah, yeah it was it was weird yeah what would you say were some of the biggest lessons you've learned about being an actor from working on Corey oh 
honestly, I think every single person I've worked with has left an example, and it's not so much that they've given me like specific lines of advice that I can reiterate now, but every single person I've had seen with, I've always learned from their example of acting. And mm. I think I've just also got used to the camera so much, and it's it's such a good training ground. Um, because you, you're obviously on set every day, it's back-to-back scenes and you learn lines really quickly and you mm. just get so used to the routine and the dynamic. And um, honestly, it's the best few years of my life by yeah. far. Tell you what, if you go onto something else then they've got a volume wall, you'll be like, yeah, I know how to do that. Volume wall, <laughs> easy. Volume wall, this is pretty okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have you got any plans at the moment for what you want to do next? Um, I've got a few bits, but I'm just auditioning at the minute. I'm sort of oh, just yeah. going with the flow. It's been nice having a bit of a break, to be honest. But yeah, yeah it's it's going it's going all right so far. But yeah, yeah we'll see. We will see. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Lastly, I just wondered as well, is there anybody at Coronation Street that you wish you had been able to work with at all or, or more than you got a chance to? Well, I, I did have a few scenes with Bill Roach. I had two scenes with Bill Roach and it was great. Did but you? What was what were they? I don't remember. It was with um, Stu and him sorting out the food. It was honestly oh, a cough and yeah. a spit scene, but I'm still stubbing my life on it that I've worked with him. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think um, I'd love to work with Sally Ann's character. We never really had many scenes together. You didn't, did you? Gordon's having a bit of a dynamic with the two girls at the bar. So, yeah, well... Yeah, but the, because Ke- Kelly hadn't quite turned 18, had she? So she w- no. wasn't really allowed in the Rovers yet. Uh, you have to come back and order that pint or, uh, or whatever's your tipple in, in, in the future. Yeah, that will be my first scene if I return. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Just bl- uh, yeah, blast the Rovers doors open and you're standing there. <laughs> have a pint, please, love. <laughs> oh, Millie, it's been really, really lovely speaking to you today. Thank you so much oh, for, for taking the time so to come much. onto the podcast. Okay. And I really, really do wish you the best of luck for the future. I think you've got a really bright <laughs> career ahead of you. For having me, thank you. <laughs> no worries. Bye bye then. Bye. See bye-bye. ya. There we go, everybody. Hope that you enjoyed she did that. Not. Isn't she, she knew, lovely? She knew back in March. Can't that believe she that she looked us in the eye. That's acting. That is total acting. Yep. She, I, I, I believe she's quite good at that. I I've, wish I've her really her best action. of luck with all, all everything else in the future. She, she, she has she's got so the whole... She's so talented. She's so beautiful. The world is her and acting oyster. so lovely as a person too. I'm sure that she is going to be fantastic. Mm. But we miss her so much already. I know. Well, I, 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 reckon, <laughs> I reckon, yeah, I, I think Kelly's story might not be over yet. Well, there's but a lot the of potential. Being, yeah, it's like, being, is, it, is it the end of a chapter or is it the end of the book? We don't know. If it's the end of the book, is it going to be a three-part series? <laughs> don't know. Depends on, it really does depend on who's writing it, doesn't it? It does, it does, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Thank you very much, Millie. It was an absolute pleasure chatting with you and uh, and having you part of the Conversation Street family. I hope Aww. that um, I hope that we, we, we still are able to follow her career and find out what awesome stuff that she's very doing. Very exciting, yes. yes and thank you so much for everybody who's listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Michael and Millie, what a dream team. It was the M&M's, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. M&M, but no gem. No, well, that's just how You've heard it now. So, thank you, everybody. Now, um... 
Coronation Street is on only Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday this week, so it doesn't, it's not on on Friday, so I'm going to try and get the podcast out early this week as well, or maybe like Thursday, or maybe Friday, or I don't know, but um, hopefully you won't have to wait until Saturday for this one, but we shall see. So um, have a good rest of the week until that happens, everybody. Thank you again for listening. Brush and, your teeth um, twice a day. With that final Don't forget advice, to floss. Goodbye for now. The music for this episode came from podcastrooms.com. Oh, 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 oh.